Hello everybody, welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. My name is Matthew Gallagher and we are talking about the Styrian Grand Prix. Now, it wouldn't be a podcast if it was just myself. It'd be pretty boring, actually. In fact, we have got WTF1 founder and sexiest man in Northampton, Tom <laughs> Bellingham. That's an official title as well. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. How are you, Tommy? I'm good. It's a decent race. Not as good as last time, but still a very enjoyable one, I thought. Hashtag... Austrian Grand Prix, oh, hashtag Styrian Grand Prix, hashtag Australarian, Austrian, Austrian, yeah. As someone that's essentially, well, my job is social media, what a ridiculous thing to do. I, I cannot believe, I'm, I'm probably like too triggered by this than I should be, but it's a separate race. Why would you put the same hashtag? It just made it. It and made then no even, sense, yeah. It made no sense. And then even worse, they actually started using Styrian GP because loads of people started using Styrian GP to the point where it actually was trending. And then F1 changed, almost like they changed their mind, used it for a bit, and then went back to it. It was very, very bizarre. Yeah, it was an easy call to make, but apparently maybe it was because, uh, because I mentioned that the slight concern that some people wouldn't really associate this race as the Styrian Grand Prix because it's the same track and isn't it just easier to call it the Austrian Grand Prix again but then it's just a confusion that made it even worse wasn't it <laughs> so... yeah yeah very odd and then people uh, well I doubt anyone would but just people may be thinking that oh they're just tweeting about an old race or what I don't know very just so yeah. bizarre I hope they don't do it for Silverstone we'd well, have to be living under a rock wouldn't you if you thought it they were talking about last week's uh, <laughs> yeah. Grand Prix but either way Three word race reviews. We dive into some of those. A Galway Baywatch says Lando, scenario seven. Francesco underscore Dorazzi 04, Charlotte Crash. Oh dear. Well, okay, we're including <laughs> that one. Uh, Jack 45 Fordham, Austrian was better. And Paolo underscore Barsi, midfield was awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, I think it's, yeah, it's quite harsh. And I think even I said in Internet's Best Reactions that it wasn't the, the, it was a, quite a boring race for a lot of it, but there were intriguing battles. And I guess our expectations were so much higher after last weekend's uh, Austrian Grand Prix uh, that, you know, we, we could never really be truly satisfied with a, just a bone dry race. Yeah, agreed. Thank, thank goodness for the end, eh? Mm. Indeed. Right, let's get into my three-word race review. Thank you, Lando. Let's talk about... <laughs> Uh, I mean, we, we always talk about Lando Norris, but it's not because we're biased. It's the fact that he just loves putting on an absolute show. And the last few laps were nothing short of sensational again. What is it about Lando Norris and the last few laps of the of the Red Bull ring? We'll call it the Red Bull ring because that's the circuit. That didn't change. The name of it didn't change. Yeah. Um, but yeah, two weeks on the trot. Lando making him just putting himself in the absolute limelight once again. And... Because for for most of it, he looked like he was nowhere. Yeah, I thought thought the very same. It, it, I mean, massive mistake in qualifying. It was a little worried that he'd be going. Sorry, not qualifying. Free practice, um, overtaking under yellows. Very rookie error, and like people said, it's kind of the first thing you do. You learn in karting is not to overtake under yellows. So, thought it was going to be a bit of a hero to zero weekend, and. Didn't seem to be in it. Obviously, Carlos was was very unlucky, but pulling that out the bag again, unbelievable. And he's third in the title by quite a distance. Um, 
I cannot believe that. Imagine if we'd have said after two races when we were here saying about, oh, can Verstappen challenge the Mercedes? It might favor him. <laughs> and here we are with Lando, clear third in the championship. Man. He's got over half the points he had for the entirety of last season already, which wow. is a ridiculous stat, isn't it? Um, Unbelievable. Yeah, Lando has performed extremely well. The McLaren definitely has taken a, a step forward, but usually you'd expect Carlos Sainz to at least have had one of those standout results if it was a McLaren in those first two weekends. But it didn't work out well for him uh, this weekend, just gone um, from... Well, he had a he had a slow pit stop, didn't he? Which which really kind of uh, pushed him back because that midfield pack was so tight yeah. that one small error, which unfortunately came for Carlos in the pit stops, uh, put him pretty much from the front of the queue to the back. Yeah, ironically, Carlos um, probably, in, if you're looking at similar levels of um, how well their race went from a pure driver point of view, he probably did just as good as Lando, if not a little bit better but didn't get any of the limelight because unfortunately the pit stop absolutely ruined his race. He was obviously qualified a brilliant third. It looked like he might even get Verstappen at the start, but I think fourth or fifth was on the cards for him. And then because of the dodgy pit stop, it dropped him behind, was it Ricardo and Stroll? Uh, yeah, it did. And, yeah, the, yeah, and, and then Perez it just, as well, wasn't it? and then he just ruined his tires trying to get past him because overtaking was very difficult in that race um, and yeah ruined his tires and then it got to the point where he had to let Lando go because his tires were shot what wasn't it the fact that he was having problems charging his battery as well or am I mistaken I felt like that oh. was I didn't actually hear that one yeah because I, mean, one I, I was, was on the uh, the pit lane channel oh yes nobody knew uh, and, <laughs> and I think that was one of the things that we may have heard on there it, it's, it's in my brain I might be completely wrong but it's in my brain so I think I'm right um, oh, that he was having some energy recharge issues and uh, therefore that's one of the reasons why he was quite slow oh, okay um, so, but he, so anyway. I mean he's smashed in the lap record by nearly two seconds at the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is pretty amazing. And McLaren back-to-back fastest laps is pretty mad. What is 2020? Eh? I know. Crazy. Right, we've got a question at Beth1. I love that. I, th- I think I, it's one of the, uh, uh, she's one of the uh, female content creators, isn't she? Yeah, she is, um, yeah. But yeah, love the love that Beth one. That's brilliant. Anyway, uh, how effective will McLaren's good relationship between team and drivers how effective will McLaren's good relationship between team and drivers in brackets signs let Norris through on track? No questions asked. B when it comes to scoring top points, I think it's it's obviously very helpful that they they get on really well. Um, I don't think they'll be the same when it comes to further up the field, uh, and we've seen it many times in the past where relationships very much disintegrate when they're towards the front of the field. It's not so bad when someone has to let another person through for eighth place. Although I say that Ocon didn't let Ricardo through. Um, but I feel like it cha- the, the whole thing changes when it's fighting for victories and fighting for podiums. Um, right now, McLaren are in a good stage where they're not doing that just yet, but they're getting there. Uh, so so that's, what I, that's what I think. What do you think, Tommy? They played a blinder, didn't they? Um, especially, like you say, Re- Renault. It could have. It's hard to know if that cost them big time. Obviously, Ocon went out the race anyway. Yeah. Um, but if you think, uh, obviously, it doesn't necessarily work like this. But if you think Ricardo finished eighth and was 0.2 seconds behind sixth, spending yeah. three laps behind your teammate, it shows that every 
tenth of a second counts in F1, even in the race. And we say it in pit stops and stuff. So the fact that where as soon as Ricardo got by, and he was on a different tire as well, yeah, it made no and sense. was faster. And I remember thinking at the time, like this is really this is really bad from Renault. Like they need to be let, letting him go. Um, and yeah, McLaren played the right game. But I, I totally agree with what you're saying that it is very easy to do that when the mid when you're in the midfield or the top end of the midfield. Look at even even Mercedes when it was Rosberg and Hamilton in 2013 when they weren't going for a world title. It was a lot easier than it was when they're going for a world title. So mm. it. I'm. I think I'm just more surprised that Renault didn't do it than the fact that McLaren did. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement with that because it just made no sense. If they were on the same tire, I can understand why they were fighting and why they allowed them to battle. But Ricardo was on the more durable mediums, was going further into his stint. Esteban was trying to argue the fact that he had more pace in the car but wasn't showing it, and it just made not much sense at all, really. So very strange. I know Esteban Ocon. He doesn't want to just let up and get let Ricardo through because at the end of the day, Ricardo's the one that's leaving Renault. Ocon wants to be, well, I'm going to say number one, but you've got Alonso coming in 2021. Yeah. But, but at the same time, he wants to stake his claim to, in Formula One. So he's not just going to let him through unless Renault tell him. So that's the job of Renault to say, look, Esteban, just let him through. He's on a different tyre strategy. If he jumps you later on, we'll we'll swap the cars back. Right? That's as simple as that. It's, it's, <laughs> it's racing, racing in a Team 101. I cannot believe they didn't tell him. Did they not tell him? I didn't certainly didn't hear any. Team well, no, radio. they came out. They came over the team radio and was very sort of shyly saying, "Oh, Esteban, have oh. You, you you got any more pace in the car?" Oh. Um, so they did more? a they did a uh, Ferrari. Was it with Kimi that year where they were yeah, like, yeah. where Kimi was going? Kimi's like, just, just tell, tell me. me what you want me to do. <laughs> yeah, and, and Esteban was just saying because again, I don't know how much of this was in the actual main feed, but Esteban was saying, "Oh, I have got more pace in the car," when clearly he didn't. He was just trying oh, yeah. to trying to sort of not make the call happen but but yeah it was very odd anyway moving on um back to lando because that was my my three-word race review obviously the stroll versus ricardo battle uh stroll just sent it which i i I like he absolutely went for it into turn three we've seen a few lunges there over the last couple of weeks and he went for it obviously he went off ricardo went off lando sees this happening and thinks hello thank you very much let's do this um curtis 2201 says how did stroll get away without a penalty I imagine that's questioning the move on Ricardo, is it? I believe so, yeah. That's, that's just a racing incident. There was no contact. Like That's just a send. I don't, I don't understand how that would be a penalty, personally. We had a lot of comments asking why it's not a penalty, and I guess Danny Rick's argument is, well, I lost a place to Lando. And uh, did Stroll stay ahead of him? Yes. Stroll was ahead of him, yeah. It stayed ahead of him. That's true, actually. Uh, I didn't think about that. And, and went off the track. It's, oh, it's very marginal. It's very mm. marginal. I, I've spoken a few times um, about my opinion on this, where I kind of like the old school IndyCar approach, where they let them race. And yeah, well, it's like, it was a well, marginal. There's a, there's a video that comes to mind. It was Massa and who was it? It was a, oh. was it a Sauber. Yeah, it was, was Robert Kubica and Fuji, and they were just corner cutting. Yeah, they were. They were just taking the most amount of liberties I've ever seen. But that was just raw, unadulterated racing, wasn't it? And yeah. you watch that back and you go, I actually think I prefer that. Oh, 100%. And that's always my argument with these things is if you start punishing someone trying to make a legitimate overtake, let's let's mm. be honest, he didn't dive bomb him from about five seconds behind and plow into the side of him. He had a run yeah. on him. He went for the move. He overcooked it. 
just about made the corner. I don't. I think he was probably all four wheels off. But that's the kind of racing that I personally like to see in Formula One. And we all want to see overtaking and battles. So for me, we can't complain about a midfield, uh, sorry, a, a race where there's no overtaking at all. Yeah. Um, and I, then complain that everyone should get a penalty if you don't make a move stick. I think the main point there is, though, that Stroll went for the move, didn't make it happen, as in he didn't make it stick, mm. went off the track, so did Ricardo. That's, I guess, yeah, when I'm looking at it now, I'm thinking that probably does deserve a penalty because of the fact that he gained an advantage from running off the track and forcing Ricardo off the track as well. So maybe Ricardo I don't know, I'd have to going watch off back, track. But... Maybe Ricardo going off track as well sort of helped Stroll a little bit there. I'd have, yeah, again, I'd have to watch it back. I, I don't yeah. think Ricardo had much of a choice to go off, I guess, without completely slamming on the brakes and losing about two seconds. It's, yeah. it's marginal. It wasn't but... even investigated, was it? I don't no, think it was even investigated. No, it so... wasn't. Um, it's funny that, um, and then obviously we won't go into this too much, but that move then obviously annoyed Renault quite a bit that they then protested. <laughs> Unleash the protest. Yes. Uh, we will be releasing a video about that um, in the future. So, well, in the near future, because I'm sure we'll get a, an answer to why, but we'll, we're releasing a video around um, why don't top teams or why don't midfield teams copy top teams all the time and this will be part of that so keep an eye out for that on the uh, wtf1 youtube channel right tommy your three-word race review max needs mercedes oh here we go here we go here i knew, we I knew go. you'd say that oh here comes the verstappen fanboy. <laughs> oh if he had a mercedes he would have beaten Hamilton by seven laps right the, go on the funniest thing is it's not even about that <laughs> um so yeah the start of the year i mean we did a podcast didn't we where it said that this could be Verstappen's year. The calendar maybe helps Red Bull a little bit. And I absolutely loved watching Verstappen send it round the outside of Bottas when he had absolutely no right to really. He was on much, yeah. not in a position to kind of repass. I cannot believe he repassed him. It's one of the best moves I've seen in recent years, genuinely. Yeah, it was, it was incredible because you think he, he was a sitting duck, really. With Bottas, damage. With damage, Bottas had DRS. And he still just kind of schooled Bottas on the brakes and just went around the outside of him. It was incredible. But it's a, it's a worry for me. Uh, and again, I know you mentioned this. This this is not me saying give, give Verstappen a Mercedes and he'd win. Personally, I don't think that would happen. I think it would be obviously a lot closer than it is with Bottas. But it's an it's a answer we will never know unless Mercedes put Verstappen in that car, which they are not going to do, let's be honest. My God, worry that would be the most mouth-watering prospect. In it would be amazing, ever. wouldn't it? But my concern is that I guess it's more about Mercedes looking like they're almost not maybe not quite that level, but not far off 2014, 2016 Mercedes again, where it's going to be a one-two in the bag every race. Yeah, and this year Verstappen, because Ferrari aren't in the mix. I can almost see Verstappen just being in that no man's land every single race where he's so far ahead of his teammate, but he doesn't have the Ferraris to race. So he could just end up just third every single race by not having nothing to fight for. And what we want to see, you know, everyone wants to see, regardless whether you like it or not, you want to see Max Verstappen going wheel to wheel with F1 cars because it's so crafty. <laughs> But you know what I mean? It, it yeah. would be such a shame. And I, I couldn't help but when he did that move, think, oh, imagine if they were close. No, I bet you made that noise. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I completely agree. It, 
it is quite a, it could be a very boring season for Max uh, where he occasionally outperforms the car and gets in front of Bottas like we saw um, uh, this weekend just gone but yeah I agree that Mercedes does look ridiculously strong although Toto Wolff came out and said that he that he doesn't think that they've he's seen the full hand of Red Bull and all this oh, good he stuff says that doesn't he yeah he always says that to try and make it not seem like Mercedes are absolutely dominating and they need to change something didn't he say one year that even Williams could win the world title or something before I think it was like 2018 or something and it was like sorry no yeah. what are you on Toto what are you on uh as a question from Wizradar do you think it's going to be Mercedes and Max on the podium all season if nothing crazy happens yes 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 yeah yeah if qualifying goes to plan Max can't somehow get himself on pole or p2 yeah I think it will be pretty straightforward for Mercedes this season and you know Bottas is still leading the championship. He's going to have to bring his A game for us to have any sort of entertainment uh, throughout the uh, next however many races we're going to have. Exactly, because Lewis was just on another level, wasn't he, all weekend, so? Yeah, so Bottas has to capitalise every single time Hamilton isn't 100%. Even if he's 99, Bottas yeah. needs to get pole. He it's did, qualifying. He... It's all down to qualifying in, so... in Formula 1 these days until, until the aero wash is reduced and... In 2022, and we get new regulations. Until then, it's I'd say 75% of the race is won from qualifying these days. Yeah, show show us that 99 awareness, Bottas, please. <laughs> uh, so where was Albon, Max Verstappen's teammate? Very disappointing. Um, it almost a Pierre Gasly kind of performance, I said in IBR, rather than Albon, considering mm. he could have easily won the first race of the season. And, and throughout free practice and qualifying, he he was complaining all the time on the team radio from understeer, snaps of oversteer. He went off a few times and clearly whatever problems he had, he couldn't get on top of. And it's not as though his the first weekend he was on the pace rapid, blah, blah, blah. Like he wasn't as far off, although Max obviously retired quite early. He um, He wasn't exactly setting blistering pace on the first weekend either. He just lucked into a really good tyre strategy. So... Yeah, he was very disappointing. Jamie Smith 0811 says, was Albon disappointing or should fourth place at every race be a real- realistic aim for him this year? Fourth place should be a realistic aim, but not 40 seconds off your teammate until he pits for to go for fastest lap. It is mad, isn't it? I, I saw I saw actually, um, they say never read the comments, but I was going, having a little gander of the comments in IBR. And there was one that was saying something like, you're being too harsh on Albon because he finished fourth and that's the best he can do but it's not the fact that he finished fourth it's the fact that he was like 40 seconds behind his teammate if if exactly if when verstappen had damage as well you just think he could have lapped him um in that race if he, if he'd have had better better pace so it, it's crazy that you know he can't he can't afford albon can't afford to do that because when mclaren Racing Point, Renault, Ferrari are in the mix. He's not going to get fourth. So he can't, point. Be, he, he can't he, be 40 seconds behind his teammate. He nearly didn't finish fourth. You know, Perez was very much making a move on him. And, and Perez started not, 17th. Yeah. <laughs> had had Perez not clipped his front wing, he would have probably had him the next lap. Exactly. So, yeah, I was saying in commentary, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but, you know, I was saying um, during the pit lane channel that it would be a ridiculously embarrassing weekend for Albon if he was beaten by Perez. 
and he had to fight tooth and nail to try and keep Perez behind. And as Perez was catching and fast as lap, fast as lap, fast as lap, Albon did bring his pace up, but it still wasn't enough to 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 bridge the gap to Perez. And and I think Albon was very lucky as well with the back markers that he caught on particular laps because then he got DRS, which then kind of halted Perez's charge for a couple of laps. And yeah, I think this this actually comes into the next question uh, from Capostrophe. Not catastrophe, Capostrophe. <laughs> Do you think Max, when he has the car to consistently challenge Mercedes at every track, will need a more competitive teammate in order to become a world champion? And that's a good question. That's a really good question because not only is it all down to Max's performance, because if Red Bull does give... Max a, a race winning car, but you know I don't think they'll ever produce something that will dominate Mercedes. He he needs that teammate. the 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 likes of maybe Mark Webber was to to Sebastian Vettel, having a few race wins here and there, but most importantly taking points off other people. So you absolutely. you can't rely usually on just one person in the team to win a championship. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Albon's a great driver. I de- I definitely don't think it's we're at that territory where we need to start talking about replacing him but he really does need to pick up his pace because like you say it it almost shows how good Danny Rick was and the fact that Verstappen's no doubt an amazing driver but Danny Rick and while while Verstappen was on top of Danny Rick in the end he didn't they were Danny Rick was yeah they were close and Danny Rick did you know get that pole and and could pick up pick up really good results for Red Bull and not be that far we, we've said before that when Max does go for a, a title, if Red Bull produce that car, they don't need they they need someone that's not going to beat Max because they don't want to take points off no. Max, but they don't want someone that's forty seconds in a race behind him every race. Yeah, that, that's not going to be that's not going to be enough. They they need well well they, they need, need a, a Ricardo Bottas or a Bottas or yeah. a Bottas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I think Bottas is similar to the Ricardo, yeah, of yeah. Uh, when they, when it was um, Verstappen and Ricardo. So, yeah, I think uh, he definitely needs to improve his game because, well, silly season is continuing and Albon doesn't have a long-term contract at Red Bull. So mm. you never know what Red Bull are going to do, do you? So if he has a consistent run of poor performances, you, we could start talking about him in the same uh, scenario as what Gasly was in. Yeah. So we don't know. Um, and Red Bull are savage, and they don't they don't take prisoners. Do they? Regard, so. Regardless of what, because um, because Horner said there's absolutely no way Sebastian Vettel is going to be driving or whatever, and yeah. a lot a lot of people replied saying, yeah, they said that about Horner said that there's no way they're yeah, replacing Gasly. Gasly, and they did, and a lot of it because Red Bull is a very unique team, and uh, in terms of their structure, it's not it's very strange, but it's not Horner's decision. Exactly. So, and if Vettel comes knocking saying, yeah, no, I'll, I'll be number two to Max. No worries. You know, I'll, I'll come along. <laughs> and Albon's just finished a lap down from Verstappen. You never know. Never it can change know. very quickly in Formula One. You can't trust Christian Horner, that's for sure. <laughs> nope. uh, right, let's move on to the next team, uh, which would usually be the third fastest team, but they're not. Ferrari. Well, I mean, let's let's talk very briefly about the the crash. Yes. I don't think there's much debate we need to really go into with this one because it's very much 100% Charles Leclerc's fault. Yeah. Um, it was very strange to see that, and I think it's maybe part of what Charles Leclerc still has to learn within his racecraft is 
when he doesn't have the fastest car, when he's had a poor qualifying, when he's got a penalty for something that's quite annoying. And he was saying in interviews beforehand, I'm going to make up as many places as I can at the start, which is fair enough. You try and make as many places, but that was desperation. He saw a tiny gap, which there was a gap, but that was always going to close because it's on the apex of a corner. Vettel's already going three wide with two other people on his left. It was... Obviously, yeah, you know, we, we, it's, it's the benefit of hindsight and things, but I think it's a stone wall. Come on, Charles, you didn't need to go for that. 100%. Uh, I, I cannot. <laughs> I'm trying to think of another situation because I was singing his praises in the last race saying what a champion's yeah. drive that was. And for me, he was driver of the day, no doubt. I'm trying to think of a, a two races back-to-back where someone has gone so much from hero to zero and it was just ridiculous wasn't it uh, it was so rookie it was it was just bad and and exactly what ferrari didn't need it is i could not believe it it was just dumb and also i mean Charles definitely beats himself up doesn't he with these things and he yeah. it, very he was there, there was quotes from him saying oh i'm an asshole and all this kind of stuff so no one's harsher he he really does like kind of yeah beat himself up when things go wrong he's his worst own uh, his worst, own worst own enemy. critic yeah uh in terms of yeah when he has a bad performance but i think that's something that is still in his learning curve and he will learn from this for example not not in terms of oh maybe he saw it as his mistake when verstappen you know he, he kind of assumed verstappen was going to give him space at turn three uh, when he was fighting for the win against him, yeah. uh, and then the next the next race he came out and he learned from that, and he was much more aggressive, and he defended like his life depended on it at Silverstone. So it it's... was, um, yeah, it was interesting to to see his reaction. It's something that I think we all expected from him, to be honest. Uh, after his, you know, I am stupid quotes and all, <laughs> all that sort of stuff from Baku. So I think he is very critical, but I think he is someone that learns from his mistakes very quickly indeed. So I. I wouldn't be surprised if we go to Hungary and he's much more measured. If he has another bad qualifying, he won't be going for that, that silly move because there's, there's one thing going for that move. There's another one, another thing going for this move on your teammate. Yeah. Uh, when it's a risky, a risky situation. Uh, there's a question here from Bernie with a one in the middle. Why are Ferrari trying to make it a 50, 50 situation when it was entirely Charles's fault. And he's even admitted that because Vettel's leaving Ferrari and Charles is their number one. There's no, there's no other way around it. I didn't get this question, correct me if I'm wrong, but we had we had a few of these and it it confuses me because Charles admitted it's his fault. What what are Ferrari gonna gain by publicly shaming their driver that they they've got in a contract for the next five years? It's not gonna you know, we're always criticizing the way Ferrari are managed. That's not gonna make things any better. What why would they do that? And also I I don't remember when they crashed in into Lagos, which I think the majority of people can admit was Seb's fault that time. Yeah, they didn't they didn't parade Vettel around the paddock shouting shame, did they? They're not no. that they, they didn't they didn't even ask him to apologise to Charles. They they got them both out and apologised to each other and said we'll never do this again, like naughty school children. And again, put them out like 50-50 and said, you will not do this again when that was Vettel's fault. So, of course, they're not going to publicly shame their own driver. And and at the end of the day, they probably haven't done that 
But another reason they've not done that is because Charles held his hands up himself and said, I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. I apologize yeah. to the team. I've apologized to Seb. Like, they don't need to do anything else now. They just need to work on getting a better car now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there is, is no, done. There is no benefit, as you say, for, for them to say, well, Charles is full, blah, 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 blah. As you say, they'll just say it's a racing instance. It's the easiest way to just kind of shrug off the whole situation. They deal with it inside closed doors and, and that's it. Um, Ellie Louise underscore four says, do Ferrari have any chances of redeeming themselves this year? I don't know. I don't think so. I think this is going to be one of the worst seasons they've had for a while, just purely for the fact that they pushed their upgrade package to this weekend just gone and they're still rubbish. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think that, I mean, the power unit, we won't go into this again. We know why the power unit is not very good. That's where they've lost all their performance. That's where they've lost all their performance. But the Red Bull ring is a very power unit track. So, Personally, I think they will do a lot better in Hungary because they won't be so reliant on the power unit and they have upgrades. However, the because of who Ferrari are, it's almost like the because and and because of how things went last year, you could almost argue the only way they can redeem themselves is by winning a race, and I can't see that happening this year. It would have to be a crazy one. It'd have to be Germany yeah. all over again, wouldn't it? Yeah. So um, I really can't. It, they're not going to redeem themselves overnight. They can bring upgrades. They're probably going to do, in my opinion, a lot better in Hungary. But I think for them, it, they've got to start. It's going to be a painful year. And now because of the rule extension next year as well. That yeah, there's gonna a, lot have of, to, uh, hmm. a lot of freezing going on into, into next year, isn't there? Exactly. So there's not much development they can do. Um, they're going to so, have to prepare for 2022 and just take this hit and hope that in 2022 they can deliver a title winning car which is sad mm. my goodness me we wanted a fight we thought we would get a fight and ferrari straight out the blocks and testing looked bad and and it's translated into the first couple of weekends i'm hoping hungary is better for them but after watching vettel struggle to drive that ferrari in every shape mm. of the it was it wasn't like it was a planted car but just slow on a straight line it looked very difficult to drive and Unless they can get on top of that, I guess it will vary track to track as to how the car behaves because every every track is a different beast. Um, but if they're not good round Hungary, you can you can write off the season, I think, because yeah. Hungary is such a different different track to um, Austria, as you say, much less power reliant. And then if we go to Spa, for example, Monza, oh, there's not a chance. They're going to be nowhere. They are going to be absolutely nowhere. And after the euphoria of last year. It's it's going to be very very difficult to to swallow. So and I don't think we've spoken about this on the the podcast yet, but we're going to Mugello after Monza, and that's going to be the Ferrari's one thousandth race. race. It's even to called celebrate. the Ferrari one thousand, isn't it? Or exactly, and that could be that could be painful. It could be yeah. They could be a thousand seconds off the pace. I, I saw a funny tweet that that was along the lines of um, Mercedes have won. Uh, at Red Bull and Honda tracks, it's nice for Ferrari to open theirs to another Mercedes win, so they can win on there as well. <laughs> oh God, That's, it's just sad. It's it just is sad. sad. Um, Perez, one driver of the day, uh, which was, I think, fair. I was very close to to giving it to Lando, but um, but yeah, I think Sergio Perez definitely overall, you know, unbelievable drive from seventeenth. Had a little tiny nip on the back right of Albon. But apart from that, it was a flawless performance. He made unbelievable moves and just, again, begs the question of 
you know, how good is Lance Stroll? Because Stroll wasn't near the pace of Perez and the fact that he started 17th. I know Stroll wasn't much further up the grid, but um, still Perez, definitely the number one in that team. And uh, Pre- at Hugh 500023 says, why couldn't Perez pass Albon? Well, it's a Red Bull. Uh, and it's not the easiest thing. They were quite similar, I guess, on pace um, in some regards when Albon actually put in a good lap. The race, yeah, both racing points, it. both racing points had quite a tricky run. Obviously, we saw we went into a, a little bit into this at the start, but even even with DRS, I mean, you mentioned that maybe Albon got a little bit lucky where he had DRS with a few cars, and also I think. Um, George Russell, he joked that kind of he slot into the middle of both of them at one point, which um, hurt Perez a little bit, maybe made him drop back a bit. But I think the racing points just generally struggled. They they weren't breezing past them in the uh, in the DRS zone. So yeah, it was it was a strange one. But Perez was yeah for me for me. I we'll, we'll go into this. I don't think he was driver of the weekend because his qualifying, let's be honest, was pretty poor. And unfortunately, his mistake cost him what would have been fourth and he nearly ended up eighth so it was a massive mistake but what a superb drive in terms of like his overtaking and stuff everyone everyone loves to see that and again Stroll kind of got up to the front and he thought this is Stroll's chance here and not only did Perez fly through the field he also got behind Stroll beat him in wheel to wheel and then still finished ahead of him without a front wing. So it's not looking great for Stroll, is it? No, because Stroll couldn't get past uh, Ricardo until obviously trying it on the last lap where Perez just kind of flew past Ricardo and then was 13 seconds down the road. So mm. yeah, it, Stroll, I guess, should have probably gone for a move a bit earlier, but clearly just couldn't get close enough. I guess in terms of drive of the weekend, it's, it was Lewis Hamilton, just in terms of the unbelievable performance from him. It was a typical Lewis Hamilton show, which so many people just shrug off Like in this in this day and age of social media where they just go, oh, it's Hamilton in the best car. Like, just look at what he did in qualifying. <laughs> and, and then in the race where he just managed the gap the entire time when he needed fastest lap, he went for it. Obviously, Sainz then smashed that on fresh tyres. But it was a perfect performance from Lewis Hamilton. You, perfect. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's it's almost the point where it's not even worth talking about because if he can go 1.2 seconds quicker in horrendous well, it wouldn't have been that, would it, had it had Verstappen not spun? But then yeah. that is that that is that's but, what you have again, to factor in because yeah. Verstappen made the mistake, and and he was so far ahead of Bottas as well as teammate in the same car, who's not a bad driver. You know, how many how many more performances does Lewis Hamilton have to put in like that before people give him credit? And if they're not going to give him credit for that, then they never will. You see, you see comments that um, one in absolutely crazy stat is that well, two actually. So he's now, because he's won in 2020, he's become only the second driver in history to win across three decades, matching Jack Brabham. And then also that this is now his 14th consecutive season winning a race. I mean... The stats speak for itself. The The haters will still be the haters. Uh, I'm not going to go into it anymore, but Hamilton is quite easily the greatest uh, of all time, or at least in that era of of Shumi for me. Um, So... I'll have to somehow absorb <laughs> seven titles this year, but uh, we'll get round to that. Um, before we dive into ABCDEF1, I thought it would just be a 
I'm, I mean, it sounds quite vain, but I, thought, I guess some people might be wondering how my weekend went uh, in the yeah. in the commentary box. Um, yeah, so for people that didn't know, I, I was invited by uh, Formula One to to do the Formula Two commentary as well as F1 TV uh, on the Pit Lane channel alongside Alex Jakes for both of them. And, well, it was a baptism of fire, really. Uh, <laughs> To have my commentary debut where I've not done any real-life racing commentary, not really been a colour commentator apart from uh, my time in F1 eSports, to then be thrust into a red flag for an hour for Formula 2 and then the entirety of FP3 cancelled. Yeah, yeah, not good. You should have... Um, I, I assume you, you spent lots of time preparing by watching the 2011 Canadian Grand Prix and just filling on your own, talking about birds and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I... I one of my skills is chatting absolute crap. So uh <laughs> that's I why feel like we're I here. Was, yeah, I feel like I was ready for uh for this. But at the same time, my goodness me, being live on Sky Sports for Formula Two and then sitting there and seeing ten more minutes, ten more minutes, ten more minutes. Uh, you know, so much so we were kind of going pretty insane by the end and commentating the medical car going around the track. Uh, but but yeah, I think people seem to enjoy it. So I hope you did uh, at home. And uh, there was loads of loads of support and lovely messages uh, that you guys tweeted me and left in comments on YouTube and things like that. So thank you so much for that. It, it genuinely means the world. You did a wonderful uh, because... job. Oh, stop it, Tommy! You're going to make me blush. It was. Um... Uh, Go on, carry on. That's fine. You carry on. Uh, I was just going to say it, it was. Uh, I, I felt like a um, a proud parent all, all weekend because he had you doing F two commentary. We had Jack Jack, a- Jack Aiken yeah. making his uh, F1 weekend debut. We got to half a million subscribers, so pretty good, pretty good week for us, really. Pretty good week, uh, absolutely. Uh, and I was just going to add, yeah, that it was uh, a childhood dream come true. You know, back when I used to do X Matty G, I had in my in my banner for my YouTube channel. Well, I had home of Bantalicious content, which will never escape <laughs> me to the day I die. Um, but then the next to it was aspiring Formula One commentator, and I. It, <laughs> I mean, I just kind of commentated over random videos, but I don't think I really ever thought that this would be a, a thing. And then I even put on Instagram my my picture of me and on with the mic, and Martin Brundle replies saying, "Job threat under what was it? Yeah, job security, under threat or something. Yeah, yeah, job under threat or job security under threat." I was like, <laughs> I kind of just almost yeah, and then it exploded. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, just to just to kind of highlight, it was it was pretty cool. There was there was. It was quite insightful to to kind of see because it was exactly the same setup as what Formula One use and what Crofty and Brundle use in terms of the data that they see. Um, so it is it was really quite eye opening for me to to not only see that but also get shown around the Formula One uh, production uh, sort of center where they have. So it's really cool, actually. Uh, I won't go into too much detail because it's quite difficult to explain. But there's so many people working on the F1 production in terms of the feed that you see and things like that. You've got four people that are color correcting certain cameras to make sure that they're good enough to go live. You've got all of these people in production uh, clipping up replays and then trying to sell that to the assistant producer who will then try and sell that to the producer. So I actually was lucky enough to sit there with headphones on. I think it was during an F3 race and I could hear all the replay people saying, Oh, I've got a clip of blah, blah, blah saying, Oh my God, it's the wettest thing I've ever seen. I can't see anything, blah, blah, blah effing and blinding and then you'd hear the assistant producer going okay all right yeah no send that over or nah that's a bit rubbish now find me another one so it was really cool to to hear all this feed of replays and team radios and and things like that to then kind of it was like a an auction 
It was so weird to, to yeah. listen to, but but um, but so eye opening. It's crazy uh, how much goes into it, and you almost take it take it for granted, really, don't you? I guess, and I guess you can now see just how much work goes into into those things. I mean, F one this weekend have even now introduced where they're actually like transcribing the team radios, so you can see like properly understand oh, them when it's on the screen and stuff. Gotcha. So yeah, I mean, so much effort goes into it, and team radio makes the makes the race a lot of the time doesn't it so yeah and it's so much timing you hear like five four team radio and three two and then it comes up and then they play the it's just it was just so intriguing to 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 listen to and to watch and it definitely gave me a a greater understanding of of how much is going on at once um i was gonna say something else but i can't remember we'll carry on anyway and if it comes back to me during abcdf1 then i will uh continue with that point but anyway tommy have you, have you got the jingle of course, I'm uh, putting it in post. The, okay. the funniest it's thing, been... actually, uh, while, while we're here, because it's really funny that obviously the, the kind of running joke is that I always forget the jingle. But um, in the last podcast, obviously, we can put it in post because I'm recording on my phone, so I can't play it uh, now because of lockdown. Uh, and I actually rendered the whole podcast video and then realized I'd forgot the ABCDEF1 jingle and we had yeah, to well, render it yeah, again. One so job, it, it was out uh, five hours late, so... Good times. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's time for ABCDEF1. Now it's time for ABCDEF1. We will start with Lewis Hamilton. A star, done. Move, move Easy. on. Easy. Uh, the easiest A star I think we've ever had to give. Yeah. Flawless performance. I think the only time I saw any sort of mistake was a replay of him locking up into turn three once. Whoop de doo. Uh, but yeah, perfect performance from Hamilton. Bottas. Um, IB is a B. I kind of want to give him yeah. a C for um breaking lockdown as well, which was really dumb. I don't know if you saw that story. No, um, what was that? Uh, Bottas, uh, for some reason, even though his girlfriend was there and uh, Leclerc did it as well, and they got quite a bit of backlash for it. They got um, warnings, didn't they? Yeah, they went home to Monaco despite kind of, I mean, without getting too over, over the top about Political, it. Political, we, yes. we, um, you know, everyone has to make sacrifices and you're in yeah. a beautiful part of the world, probably in the most ridiculous hotel, and you can't even stay at the Red Bull ring for two days. So, yeah, that was quite yeah. infuriating, to be honest. So, Yeah, we won't call. go into our opinions on that because, uh, well, I mean, it's not really much point. But, no. um, but yeah, I, I don't, let's, not, let's not rate him on uh, his lockdown breaking. Okay, let's well, well he gets a B then. Okay, cool. <laughs> Uh, Leclerc would probably get the worst rating ever then if we put lockdown in involved, but yeah. it has to be an F anyway. It's a I mean, massive F regardless, yeah. Yeah, big F. Can't, uh, get, unfortunately any, for can't get any worse, really. Yeah, bad, bad qualifying, gets a penalty and then smashes into his teammate. Uh, Vettel, well, very difficult to judge, but he hadn't crashed into anyone by turn three. Uh, his qualifying was mediocre, but I think it just kind of highlighted how terrible that Ferrari was when both the Ferraris were struggling to get out of Q2. Um, C, I think C, C is fair. Yeah. Again, really hard to rate, but because you never know what he'd have done. But it wasn't, it wasn't like he was setting the world alight before his crash and like qualifying or whatever. So yeah, C, yeah. Uh, I think Verstappen can get an A. Yeah, and uh, he he messed up in qualifying, but his performance in the race was amazing. Had he probably put it within seven tenths of pole, I probably would even say an A star potentially, because I don't think he could have done anything else in that race, to be honest. Yeah, I think Verstappen, again, back to the whole point of 
Verstappen's going to end up third every race, it almost seems like. And it was very similar last year, actually, that we just kind of give him an A, and then if he messes up, he gets a worse grade, and then A star if he can somehow beat a Mercedes. So, yeah, A, I think. I think it's a fair, fair measurement, fair measurement. Albon, I'm going to give a D. Ooh. Yeah. It's what hard. were you going to give him? I was going to say C or D, but I feel like maybe D's a little harsh. It's really hard to tell. I mean, he's so... I think if he'd have got a worse result and been done by Perez, even though you'd argue that it was more Perez messing up than... You want to give him a C when he was 40 seconds off Verstappen? Yeah, I can't really, can we, D? Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Okay, D for Albon. Carlos Sainz, um, quite difficult. I mean, he had a great qualifying, P3. Uh, Mistakes, not his fault. Yeah, I think still deserves an A. Yeah, A, definitely. Okay, uh, Lando Norris. I think we're going to give an A as well. Yeah, not an A, not quite an A star because of the no. uh, the qualifying performance qualifying wasn't up to there. Yeah. But yeah, can't can't give him anything other than a pair of A's for McLaren. Wow, we're all, we're agreeing with pretty much everything. Mm. And if I, we don't agree, then you go with my one. Um, Daniel Ricciardo. Ah, it's it's wah. A B. almost an B. It's touching on A. I think. Yeah, I put um, I put in my notes B almost A, but I don't know. It's almost like it was a good drive, but then if you give him an A, he's not really on the same level as a Norris or a Science. No, me, so. no, no, no. And he he came out worse in that that final lap battle. So I think uh, I think B is fair. Uh, Ocon uh, he had a very good qualifying P five. Mm. Then obviously he had reliability yeah. issues. So he was his pace in the race was maybe slightly slower than what Science was in front of him until he uh, then retired after his pit stop. B, I think a B. He's is yeah. yeah. If we're gonna have to. We we can't do minuses or plus. I think if they if we did that, it'd probably be a B minus and Ricardo B plus. But I think they are both both Bs. Well, this qualifying was so good though. That's why yeah, I would probably I mean, give him a minus. To yeah, be honest, yeah, um, okay, that's it, that's fair. It, what you almost forgot yeah, about we, that. Yeah, because when Ricardo went on the softs afterwards, his pace wasn't particularly good either. So maybe the Renault just wasn't great on those soft tires. Um, because when Ricardo pit, I thought, well, he's going to have Albon here because he's on fresh softs. But his pace wasn't really that great because I think he probably had to eke it out a little bit as well. Oh, yeah, he was he really, early. really hanging on, wasn't he, behind uh, yeah. Stroll? So, yeah. Okay. All right, B, uh, Gasly. Gasly, Gasly. Well, he had an amazing qualifying again, but then had the worst pace ever. Did a two-stop um, going from softs to hards, then back to softs. He got hit uh, by Ricardo at turn one. And he did, apparently, yeah. um, according to his like team and stuff and the team radios and everything, he said that it, the car never felt good after that knock so well that might just be covering over some blushes yeah um, i think it's a c though pace. yeah I don't think it's, it's a c it's, yeah it do. can't be any more than that after finishing so low down yeah. kvyat he finished 10th didn't he um he was really happy actually in uh, post post race chatting in the, in an interview so um his his qualifying wasn't great no i don't think it was a spectacular performance but he scored points again so it's kind of that's a B minus, I think, for me. Yeah. But we can't we can't go for that. So uh, we're giving really borderline. Was uh, his get... was his race as good as like an, a Ricardo? I don't think it was personally. I know it sounds really harsh, but, but if you look at the people he of... finished ahead, he the the cars he finished ahead as well were Alpha, Alpha the Hasses, which are nowhere. 
So yeah, but when uh, but I guess the, my my argument is you have to compare to his, your teammate. If you're not if you're not really or yeah. their teammate, sorry, if you if you're not particularly sure, and I know that there's this whole oh my car wasn't the same, but I think what, in my mind in the replay there wasn't really much contact. There was just a little bit of a boop, but <laughs> a boop. Obviously, I'm not an F1 engineer, so I I, I think because he scored points again. Um, recovered really well in the race. I think I think a B, okay. and his teammate was slow as slow as dogs. So yeah, okay. Let's give him a B. Uh, Perez A <laughs> A. I was gonna say B, but now B? wait 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 wait. What wait. the hell is wrong with you? He he qualified seventeenth, which is did you horrendous. see his race? Yeah, but then I'm sorry, it's a treacherous qualifying. You get caught out. Fine. He made up for it. I'm a big Perez fan, but you have to look at the facts here. And the fact is, he... He got driver of the day. There will, pe- there will be people outside your house with a, with a stake ready he, to... He got driver of the day before he crashed into Albon. And that it, was yeah, a Yeah, it would have been mis- an A-star without crashing into Albon. Oh, I agree. I agree. So you're telling me it's gone from an A-star to a B, just from that, that in, minor touch. In the race, touch. he was driver of the day, but you can't ignore the fact that in with that actual pace of the racing point... He should have been fourth, and he finished sixth and almost eighth. I think it's I think it's just pushing into an A for me, but I'd be reluctant to give it. But seeing as though you're <laughs> making me sound like I'm absolutely mad for yeah. thinking that someone yeah, qualifies seventeenth deserves an A, we're giving it an A. Okay, we're giving it an A. Come on, uh, Stroll C C. Yeah, I mean, he did struggle behind Ricardo a lot. Should have definitely made the move through, considering the pace of the racing point. Yeah. Okay, I it's can give borderline it a C. D, isn't it? It's difficult. I don't know. Yeah, let's give him a C. Yeah. Let's not be. Let's not be too harsh. Come yeah, on. Yeah. I know it's early in the week. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Raikkonen. Well, oh my God. I mean, where the hell are Alfa Romeo? They are nowhere. It. Yeah. And just it's just a Ferrari curse. Weirdly, though. And this is almost forgotten until I really looked into this. Raikkonen had a blinder. Oh, no, yeah. On the pit lane channel, if you watched, we saw loads of Raikkonen dive bombs. Yeah, it was amazing. they didn't show Did any of any them. On the... Did you see the one? They didn't show any. No. Did you see the one? I am I might be confused. Obviously, I'm, I'm frantically tweeting and posting memes and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So I might have missed them. But I don't remember seeing that much during the race. He made a mega move around the outside of Latifi, I think it was. He did. Um, he did indeed. In Saw it live on the pit lane channel. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's B nearly an A for me. He finished 11th in that alpha, which is absolutely yeah. dog beat. Let's give him an A. Raikkonen yeah, genuinely okay. with so so many good moves from Raikkonen. He dropped to um, last as well, didn't he, Behind when he got kind of caught up in the Ferrari crash, ironically. Yeah. Um, and dropped to last and finish 11th. So he's unlucky not to get a point. So, yeah. Cool. Let's, let's, go uh, let's give him an A. Uh, Giovinazzi. Oh, dear. He did not have a good... To say that he put in a great performance where I almost noticed him, because uh, he seems like a forgotten driver, especially when, like, the whole Netflix joke and stuff. He yeah. just was... He's just not... He's not doing enough, is he? And he spun off I thought, again. I... Spun off yeah, he didn't qualifying. Have a gr- didn't have a... He didn't have a great performance, didn't but have much I think pace. in general he's been improving and been very much more on Kimi Raikkonen's pace than usual, especially in qualifying. But yeah, um, yeah this weekend not so great, maybe. So a D? A D, yeah. You just want to see something. Yeah. I, I know it's hard to perform in an alpha, but the best drivers do. Like, look at 
look at Leclerc when he was in the Saab, which arguably was better than it is now. But they, you can show people what you can do in a good car. Absolutely, so. yeah. Magnussen. I think I think I think we just need to put Magnussen and Grosjean together and just a pair of C's. D's. No, I think they're just solid, but nothing special. They can't really do much. They didn't crash. All right, they're they're becoming the Williams of last year. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. All right, I think so. Let's give them a pair of C's. Uh, Russell, ah, ah, it's so difficult because I think you got to give great qualifying, but made a mistake. I think you've got to give him a C because that mistake is huge for Williams. Cost him here. It's it's a huge, huge, huge mistake to make, and almost kind of. Well, I know he is a rookie, but you, you don't... He's not a rookie? Well, not a rookie, but like very, very new to Formula One. Yeah. And you'd think that with his talent, he'd know better than to... I guess the. I guess he's... Um, I guess he was, he was proper wasn't pumped, yeah. wasn't he? And he probably thought, oh my God, I'm in a Williams and I'm actually racing other cars here. Yeah. And and just went for it. And just it cost him big time, unfortunately. Massive shame. Yeah, it was a shame. Gutted. Massive shame because his qualifying was so good, but yeah. that... that that race mistake just undid that undid it all. C, um, so yeah, yeah, C for Russell. Uh, Latifi, I've been pleasantly surprised, and some people were commenting saying, "Oh, Matt, you know, he's finished dead last in both races, but his pace hasn't been that bad compared to Russell, considering it's his rookie season. He's still learning." You look at Lando from last year; you know, he was still very timid at the start of the races. So, I don't. Th- I think some people that are being a bit harsh about Latifi's performances, I'm. I don't think he's done all too bad so far. No, he's not been horrendous, has he? So. I think next race should be interesting because I think Williams will be a lot better suited to Hungary. So I think a C is fair. C as well. Yeah, C. Nice. Uh, Styrian Grand Prix predictions. Okay, so uh, Hamilton dominates. Ding, ding, ding. Thank you very much. One point on the board. Beautiful. Yeah. What were you going to say there, Tommy? No, you smashed it. Smashed that one. And Verstappen DNF again. No. Uh, So that's one point for me. Tommy, your two. Perez podium. Didn't happen. No. Unfortunately. And Bottas wins again? No. no. You had a clean sweep last weekend. No points this weekend. Matt is coming back. Uh, and the two fans' predictions. Marcus Soholm. There will be only one retirement. No, there was three. And the Josh of Wades. Albon absolutely sends it into Hamilton on the opening lap. No, it'd have to actually be close to him on the grid. Savage. <laughs> it would have only been one reti- retirement if uh, Charles hadn't made the lunge, so... No yeah. thanks to Ferrari there. Hungarian Grand Prix predictions. I have predicted <laughs> that Perez will be on the podium. Uh, just taking your one from last week. And Albon off the pace. I think I think in terms of quantifiable, yeah, I, I think say, we need more than more. half a second off the pace of Verstappen per lap. So we'll just uh, we'll have a look and see what that is. Because I think until he picked up the pace to try and stop Perez, he was over a second a lap slower than Verstappen for the majority of that race. So yeah, um, yeah I think... I think those two. So, uh, Tommy, your two? I've gone big here. Right. You've gone for a really specific one. <laughs> Russell knocks... You get, Ru- you get two points if this is real. Okay, Russell knocks out a Renault in Q1. You've gone for a me in Austria. Yeah, you? Nice, I have, like it. Uh, yeah, I can see, can see Williams doing quite well in Hungary, hopefully. Uh, and this is bold, but Vettel podium. I mean... Okay. Let's hope those upgrades work because it would be nice to see them not so bad, wouldn't it? Let's see. Let's see. I don't think that either of those are going to come true, but let's see. Uh, fans, Formula Avery, another wet qualifying, please. Yeah. And Josh T2110, no Mercedes on the podium. Also, please. please. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's more um, hopeful than uh, uh, reliable predictions. But either way, 
let's yes. hope we uh, we get some points I think, this week. I think we'll need um, kind of some sorted spikes on the curbs for no Mercedes on the podium. But Yeah, yeah, just we'll proper stoppers on the old uh, <laughs> exits. That'd be nice. Um, yeah, cool. That is it. We're done. We are finished here for the uh, WTF1 podcast. We'll, of course, be back next week for the Hungarian Grand Prix podcast. Then we have a, is it a week break and then we have three more. Yeah. So yeah, trip last of the triple header and then it's a week break and then a triple header again, then a week break and a triple header again. Oh so my god. So much Formula lovely. One. I love it. It's so good. Hope you're all staying safe at home and you enjoyed uh, Formula One over these last couple of weeks. Enjoy the Hungarian Grand Prix as well. Tommy, final thoughts from you. Bring it on. Let's hope it's a a, a banger of a race, because Hungary is a mixed bag, isn't it? Lovely stuff. Thank you again for, for watching slash listening. Make sure to give us a five star or a thumbs up or a nice comment wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Please do that. It makes our day. That's it. Thank you so much, Tommy, for your, your time. I'm waving at you now. Goodbye. Bye, Tommy. Bye. Miss you. Hopefully see you soon. Miss you. See you soon, maybe. Bye. And bye-bye to you guys at home. See ya. <laughs>